clubhouse. Excuse me, are you headed to the city? I couldn't get on that plane. What? Why? Because I was with the wrong person. But you were going to ask her to marry you. In Mystique, you have a ring. What are you talking about? I'm not proposing to Quinn. I honestly don't think I even like the woman. The, the, the only ring that I ever had was the one that I bought for you. Charles. Liza, I have been a fool, and I am sorry that it took me so long to realize that. Forget marriage. I just want to be with you any way that you want. Any way. If you will still have me. Good, the younger podcast. I'm Sheila McGann. And I'm Emma Good. Tonight we're discussing Season 7, Episode 11 of Younger, the penultimate episode of the series. <laughs> so sad. Um, but this episode was called it. Make No Mystique. I love me a good pun. I knew you'd love it. <laughs> and anytime we get to use the word penultimate, like it's the only time that this word is allowed to be used. So. <laughs> I wish it wasn't though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. But before we get too far into it, you should definitely check out that Spotify playlist that we've created. It's some mood music uh, to help you await the days in between this and the final Younger episode. I added a bunch of songs last week to the playlist so that this way I added, I caught up to some of the episodes that I, I didn't get all the songs and I added some from like seasons four, seasons three. I just went back and just picked random episodes and just started adding more songs. It's definitely a little bit longer. Longer. Now it's almost like like you could go running to it or something like at the gym. It's this kind of playlist that like has like that Euro beat kind of feel to it. So like it's good for like I think working out and because some of the songs are just kind of poppy and very like you know Euro synth like the little vignettes in between like you know like usually like when it's looking at the train going towards the city or something like that. So I I've been enjoying kind of. <laughs> taking a little jaunt down memory lane with the music here. There are likes and followers. I'm very excited. Anytime I go back, I'm like, oh, there's more people listening. Hooray. <laughs> so thank you for those that have liked it and are listening to it. I appreciate it. So just a reminder, we expect you've seen the episode, so there are definitely spoilers ahead. We mainly talk about the characters and what happened. It's less of a recap of the actual show. I'll just start with my highlight, Sheila. I really like the bit where Josh was speaking to Rob and going, are you going to be a bit more careful with Kelsey than you were with Claire? Uh, you know, like the big brother routine. I have all <laughs> kinds of feelings about that. We'll get into that later. But yeah, that's a, that was a great part of this episode. I like seeing him sort of uh, being protective of Kelsey. Yeah, it was, it was a little unexpected. I, I didn't kind of see that coming. But... Um, my highlight was uh, was Lauren's dream sex fest. <laughs> I did like that as well. I was tossing up between the two, but yeah, I mean, I had to speed so little Josh, I had to go for Josh as the highlight. Yes, the sex dream fest was pretty funny. I just thought it was hilarious when she woke up biting her pillow and she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> She was so mad at herself. Like, on the whole, I really, I didn't really love this episode. There were good moments, but I don't know. This late in the series, this late in the season, I've just been, like, thinking, like, this 
it doesn't have the spark that previous seasons have had that have made it so binge worthy that have made it something that I can go back and just like pick up season three and just like watch it and just enjoy it's a spark it's a thing it's whatever that makes younger tick I've just been really lacking it this season not to just say that I haven't been enjoying the season overall I mean I'm happy to have it back I'm grateful that you know the production has been here and that we have this back but at the same time there's been there's just been things that have just gone on that have not like done it for me here like Quinn was so over the top unlikable as 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 an example of something that I think that I can point to that I would have liked to have had done differently she felt almost like too much of a cartoon character in her portrayal of uh, like, you know, Liza Quinn versus, you know, everybody else Quinn. But Lauren Benanti played this this character fabulously. I mean, I think the acting has really been top notch, but I just feel like the setups, the scenarios have just been, I guess it, it hasn't been as inventive as prior seasons have been for me. Is that a fair criticism? I think it is fair because I must admit this week I had gone back and watched some of the old seasons mainly to see I I remembered Max but I couldn't remember everything about that character so I did go back and watch the episodes and then kept watching all the way through to the end of season five which was way beyond he was like season three I think yeah that's going that's too deep here I I went fair way back and watched multiple seasons even beyond him leaving the show well that's just it like you you just picked up the show and you were enjoying it and yeah. we're just back in like the revelry of it exactly and there's just been something missing part of it was it reminded me how much i love diana because she has been a massive hole in this season and going back and seeing the old episodes with her in it and it just reminded me how much she brought to the show so that has been a a massive loss like I feel like we complain about that a lot like the lack of Diana so I was trying to think of like what else was missing I mean like you know COVID restrictions and all I get it they're limited to what they can do and I understand that I found something online too saying that like the reason that Josh's character well Nico Tortorella's character Josh has not been in so much is because he's working on another project so like he's got to be in a bubble right Mm. to record to to shoot and then like to come back Back to the younger bubble, you're basically looking at a 10 to 14 day crossover of time where nobody can do anything. So that might be why his character was like, I, I have to admit, I was thinking earlier, I really want to know because they were meant to have started filming at around the time that COVID all started. So clearly there had been a season written. Mm. How close is this season to what the original vision was meant to be? I have to, I can't help but wonder if this was a quick rewrite and this was always the way it was going to go. Or if this was a, oh, we can't do what we want to do and we have to like start from scratch. Maybe, you know, the second time round wasn't as as inventive as maybe what they had originally planned. I don't know, but I just, yeah, I'm with you. This season seems so disconnected from the previous seasons in many ways, particularly with the, you know, less of Josh, no Diana. Zane character, I don't think that one really mattered so much. I was never really a fan of him in any case, but he was never an integral part of the show to begin with. He would only be in, I think, two seasons beforehand or something like that. He seemed like another one of those, you know, Kelsey's... He was a, another fad. ...boy people that came and went, you know? like Yeah. So he, his character wasn't such a loss. I mean, it could have been interesting with him still in it, but I actually am glad that maybe that forced a Rob character to come in instead because I am liking 
Robin Kelsey. That is one good thing I have seen out of this. The focus on Liza Quinn and Charles has just been too much. You're right. Quinn's been too much of a villain in this. I know they tried to, the last few episodes, it seems they've tried to show another side to her, but I feel in this episode particularly, it was back to her being a villain again. And I've always said she's got to show her true colours at some point. We always felt she was maybe not behaving her true self towards Charles. And I think we definitely saw that in this episode. I've still enjoyed bits of the season. I've maybe not loved it overall. We obviously don't know what's going to happen in the final yet either. So maybe there's still a chance to pull it back. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I think the overall season has been a little bit disappointing, but there has been moments of of the younger of old, and I've enjoyed those. I think we said, like, last episode felt a bit more like the old style. Yes. But interestingly enough, the it last episode... It was playful, episode, who was not in the episode. It didn't have Queen. It didn't have the focus on the, you know, three-way triangle with Queen and Liza and Charles. And I think... It was about work. There's, Exactly, there's been too much of that. And also, I think you agree, as you just said it, there's been a lot less about the actual work that they do. And watching the old episodes, I realised how much more was actually rooted in what they actually do as a It was job. like the book of the week, right? It was like, who was the yeah. author of the week? What was the story, the angle around them? And yes. that's been fewer and far between. I mean, we had Little Women in Space and, and you know, early in the season, but it's it hasn't been consistent. I love this show. This show kept me company in the very dark days of 2020 you know early on I, I found the show very very late and I binged it and I I mean like till like two o'clock in the morning when I was like an insomniac watching the news of like I stopped watching the news and this was like my respite this was my rescue so I'm grateful that it's back I'm grateful that we've been able to cover it I'm grateful to the cast and the crew for being able to do all of this all that being said I feel like there's a very big butt coming but I just hope that for the finale episode really kind of like ties it all together because there's been just a lot of chatter the fans are not happy with this season there's a lot like you said the word disconnected and like we do this over facetime so that we can see each other because she's in one part of the globe on the other part of the globe so you're kind of missing some of the uh the gestures that go back and forth i use my hands a lot but yeah when you said disconnected i'm sitting here nodding I'm like yes there is like this disconnect you know like I, th- I think we've hammered it home every single episode so far that diana missing ha- and you going back and watching those episodes with max you know from season three season four you know it really underlines the dynamic that was established we're tr- i guess this is the new normal and we're trying to settle into it but there's just been these things that have myself and, and others that I've been you know seeing online you know these are the feelings that that people have and and I have as well you have too like I'm sorry I'm gonna say fuck COVID like <laughs> like <laughs> I, 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 I was used to saying this like at least once a day last year so I'm just like if this is the way that I'm gonna have to like digest shows now okay then I need to be a little bit more forgiving I guess on like the change in formats like maybe this is like a learning opportunity for myself the lack of balance that I felt this season is it's really apparent in this episode don't get me wrong we are gonna have a fun episode I have a ton of stuff like that I've got like questions about and then Emma has questions about but when i looked back at the whole 11 episodes you know that we've we've had to this point this one felt so disjointed to me and um like almost like a scramble to get the players in place for the finale it almost feels like this is this is too far away from the 
final moments of like where we're going to say goodbye to these characters. I don't know. Is the next episode double the length in time? If they have to wrap all these people, like the only person I feel is set in place right now for the finale is Lauren. Maggie has had her ending already. We mentioned that last week. Lauren definitely looks like she's been set up to end up with Max. Um, And we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit more later in the episode. I feel like there's not going to be an ending for Josh at all. I just feel like he's been so little in the season so far that he's barely going to be even seen in the finale, which I think is just such a disservice for his character. I don't know, maybe maybe that will be different, but at the moment it feels like there's not much going to be happening for, for Josh. I think, you know, we've seen Charles and Liza are now back together. I don't know if that's going to stay that way. I'm, I'm kind of still hoping she chooses herself, but who knows? And Kelsey, I think, you know, it's definitely been set up that Incubator, something's going to happen with Incubator with the, you know, presentation being sent to all these VCs all around the world and particularly Quinn. I mean, oh, a little bit worried where that's going, but hopefully it all ends up positive. And I definitely hope that by Rob doing that for Kelsey doesn't stop them being a couple because I think he had good intentions but I'm not quite sure if it's going to work out as well as he thought but we'll see we'll see I don't know it does feel like there's still a lot of loose ends and you know most episodes are 25 minutes some of them are 30 but still it's not a lot of time and it seems like there's a lot to still wrap up yeah I'm kind of hoping for a double episode finale that would be awesome but They've never done it before, so I'm not sure if they'll do it for this one. I don't know. It's the finale. So the season, the series finale. So Did you anticipate Pauline coming back? I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised. She had been in several of the seasons before. and They always like to bring back characters if they can, particularly in final seasons of shows. But I really didn't actually anticipate Pauline coming back for this season. I shouldn't have been as shocked as I was, but I was just like, she showed up in Iggy Bear. I was like, what's she doing here? I'm admiring the show for it's holding adults, holding them accountable for their actions, right? So we had Cass the last time out apologizing, making right by Maggie, and I appreciated that, and we talked about it. So now, now having Pauline coming back in and making amends for making a muck-up of everything that happened at season six. I mean, like, I went back to the season six recap that you and I did, and we were just like, the Pauline bombshell! I believed that that storyline had resolved, so I liked the fact that they brought her back to basically, like, to clear her conscience. Like, she wanted to do right by Liza, and she saw an opportunity where she could do this. So I really was surprised to see her come back in. But um, I was grateful that they brought her back. I, I, I don't know. She just she filled a hole that I think I didn't even know that I needed to to kind of see her come back into. I agree. I really enjoyed having her come back, but I'm going to be the cynical person this time around. Oh, you're going to be cynical Sheila this time? I'm going to be cynical Sheila. I did make me want to go... Did she only come back because she realised Liza would be a better stepmother to deal with than Queen? I mean, am I just too cynical? I'm just like, is it, is it possible that she only decided to go down this path? <laughs> that is a fantastic observation. Be like, okay, uh, which of the wicked stepmothers is the least wicked? Yeah, I do feel like there was a little bit of selfishness in that for Pauline. That is really, that is, that's a very cynical approach. I know. I'm surprised I didn't come up with that. It's so cynical. Exactly. I mean, I just, like I said, I'm cynical Sheila today. I'm surprised that you didn't go down that path yourself. Um, 
uh, yeah, maybe I'm just a little bit too suspicious of Paulina. You know, the last time we saw her was dropping the bombshell about Liza and her age in front of a massive audience at the, the publishing world. Book, yeah, debutante ball. And I don't remember if we are seeing her after that. I think she pretty much dropped the bombshell and then disappeared. Yeah, she dropped that bomb and ran away. Yeah, exactly. We only hear about her changing, you know, custody agreements and stuff. Through Charles, yeah. Through Charles, so we don't actually see her again. So, yeah, it was nice to see her back. It was nice to see her make amends and apologise. And and she seems to be in a good place now. Like, you know, she's met her old college sweetheart and, you know, seems in a very happy place, which is great. But I was a little bit like, has she met Quinn and gone, oh, no, 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 I cannot have her in my children's lives. Maybe Liza is the better the devil we know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, like I said, I'm being very cynical. You know, there was an observation that you just, like, sprung loose in my head. I, for some reason, don't think that Quinn has Bianca Brooks's phone number and a picture of her programmed into her phone the way that Liza does. Yeah. Liza loves those girls. Yeah. And then, you know, so she was being protective of them at Quinn's launch party and making not wanting them to be made a spectacle of so yeah that that could be a very good motivation aside Mm -hmm. from just wanting to make amends for the debutante mess up that she did yeah and we always said you know she came off looking pretty bad by doing yeah there was like no redemption for her this is a good way to resolve her character to make her kind of like go out on a high note Definitely. It was good to see her. Um, And, you know, it did remind me that Liza and Pauline had quite a nice relationship before everything happened with Charles and Liza and and the bombshell being dropped and everything. But initially, you know, they actually had quite a supportive relationship with each other and and maybe that is starting to come back. And, And Liza now with Charles again, as we saw at the end of the episode, I feel like they could have, like, a good extended family sort of relationship where maybe they could have Christmases together with the kids and Pauline and, and things like that. Cause... And Tim, was it Tim? Yes, yeah. he seemed nice. He seemed quite cool. I, I think um, he, you know, we only see him briefly, but him and Pauline just seem smitten with each other. I related to Tim on a lot of levels. He's like, I'm going to go loiter by the table and see if we can grab that table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so one of those people. I'm like, I need a seat. Where yeah, he's like, I'm one? too old for this shit. <laughs> It was nice to see her back, I must admit, but yeah, I was a little bit cynical about it. Maybe I'm I'm being too cynical these days. But I just appreciated that she was like swooping in to be like the hero for the storyline here. But it did feel like a bit over the top, like stealing the passport, sending pictures of the engagement ring that she found. Like she seemed a little bit stress that that Quinn was going to be the the new stepmom. <laughs> well, this is some of the issue that I had with this episode. It felt very capery. It felt a little immature. You know, check your FedEx tray. Like, I don't like... I, I can't stand when I have to send my passport to the State Department for renewal. I can't stand, like, parting with that document to allow FedEx. I've had so many problems with FedEx. I had something delivered. I had a, a package that was supposed to be delivered to me at the beginning of May. I'm checking the tracking. I'm checking the tracking. I'm like, it was supposed to be here like Thursday. It's Tuesday now. Call FedEx because it was like it was stuck in Pennsylvania somewhere and they were like, it's out for delivery. All of a sudden it's out for delivery. And eight o'clock came and went, you know, when it's supposed to happen the next day, Wednesday. I call FedEx. They're like, um, yeah, so your package was like stuck in like the distributor for like three days and then it got delivered to the wrong address. What? 
Yeah, so so they had to ship me out a whole brand new one. I'm like, that's between you and FedEx, but I still don't have my thing that I needed for three days ago. Oh my God. But I don't like parting with a document like that. Like I can't. I'm the same. I hate posting my passport off. I've had to do it a few times, but um, sometimes like that's how you need to get visas. Other times, I think when I was in London, they kept changing the rules. It felt like every time I had to renew my passport, I had to do it a couple of times there. First time I had to do it via post. Second time they're like, no, 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 no. We need to see you come into the consulate and actually get it in the consulate. <laughs> oh no, actually, sorry, it's not a consulate in the UK. It's a high commission, I think, because we're part of the Commonwealth. Uh, right. Some yeah. sort of weird thing they have to call it something you else. You colonies, you people. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to have to like trot down to the high commission and get things done. Yeah, I hate putting my passport into the post. I don't know if you ever heard this story, but um, I almost lost my passport once on Greyhound, uh, my first trip to the US, and I accidentally packed my passport in my bag that went under the bus, and then my bag didn't arrive at the other end. Oh, my God. I know, I know. I was so stressed, and there was all these people at the lost luggage and hadn't got their luggage back for weeks, and I was in New Orleans, I think, for a week. And thank God it arrived, and thank God the passport was still in there. But I learned a very <laughs> good lesson to never put your passport in a bag that's not going to be with you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I had a bit of a freak out then because yeah. I had no idea what to do if I lost my passport and I had to leave the country, I think, in two or three weeks because my visa was running out. Um, that was when I was over on the student exchange. So Yeah, we're not very forgiving on people who <laughs> yeah, may never have been able to come back into the country again. <laughs> like, you, shame, shame. Were you surprised that Charles had a ring? For Eliza and that he kept it? I was surprised because it did seem such a out of the blue sort of proposal, like it wasn't planned at all. So the fact that he had a ring really did surprise me. The fact that he proposed without actually having the ring on him was a bit of a, it still seemed a bit spont- spontaneous. Or maybe he bought the ring afterwards hoping she would change her mind. I don't know. But I was a little bit surprised that there was a ring already because I just don't feel that they had been together long enough to warrant a ring yet. And Liza was obviously floored by the question saying, we never even discussed marriage when she erupted at him a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. Cynical Shield is back on the side now. If he did buy the ring after she gave him a non-answer, that is quite a rock for someone who's been spurned. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so maybe he bought it beforehand, but still. Based on that picture. Yeah. You do. You need to have had a discussion with a person first about marriage before you go and buy the ring. Or, like, who actually goes and buys the ring these days? Most of my friends, when they got engaged, there's been, like, a a holder ring until they can go shopping together. Is that a thing? Yeah. Have you never heard that? Oh, my God. I've never heard of that. (laughs) Or sometimes they'll, like, talk about marriage and go shopping for the ring before the proposal happens, like, knowing that it's coming up. Wow. Okay, maybe that's just an Australian and British thing because it's definitely been in both those countries. (laughs) Maybe it's I got married closer to two decades ago than current. No, I was just as shocked as everybody else when I opened up that box. I'm like, oh, look at that. That looks beautiful. Okay, we just have to get it sized out. I mean, yes, it was massive. Um, I think Charles, though, has a lot of money. I don't think, you know, a small ring was ever going to be on the cards. Right, but I just don't think that he bought it after she gave him the 
to not answer. Like, in the yeah, hopes of, like, alluring not. her. Like, you know, like, here, bright and shiny object, come to me. Yeah, I feel also that Liza would not be um, overly impressed by that approach either. Right, and especially seeing as how she's kind of, like, against the, the, the whole idea of marriage. I don't think that that would have changed it. But I do agree with you. I do feel that that was a very impromptu proposal. So I was pretty surprised that there was a ring. But are you also surprised that he kept the ring? I mean, surely if she broke it up, you would be returning that ring as soon as possible. Yes, I, I am surprised that he kept it. But then when I thought about it, I was like, maybe it was just like too heartbreaking for him to maybe mm. return it maybe. right now. I'm sure the jeweler... Oh, he made be... the mistake of engraving it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've learned with jewelry that just about everything, unlike tattoos, um, everything is uh, erasable on jewelry. They just, like, smelt it down. And um, I had a ring actually crack, and it was quite an old ring. And I brought it to the jeweler, and they were able to match the color perfectly, and they just smelted in some new oh, wow. piece, a new piece, and um, they fixed the crack. And it was just like... You can't even tell. They can undo everything with with metal, basically. Just, just got to get it hot enough. But yeah, no, I was really surprised that he kept it. I was surprised that he had it. Um, I was surprised that it was in a place where Pauline could just find it. <laughs> I do feel like Pauline's a bit of a searcher. A snoopy snoop. Yeah, surely she would have had to have, you know, rather than a deep Google, she does a deep uh, search of the townhouse. I feel like she was checking nooks and crannies all over the place. Yeah, maybe he's like, oh, I might have left something here. I don't think she accidentally came across it. Yeah, I guess if you're married to someone, you kind of know all their hidey holes, so. I'm I'm not surprised that she found it. <laughs> um, but let's uh, sort of move on to the Charles and Quinn interactions this episode. <laughs> Is she talking to him like he's like a five year old boy who's now in trouble because he forgot his passport? She was just so condescending when she was talking to him, and he was like, "I've apologized, but." you know, this is unusual for me and you need to get over it is how I felt his response was. I was grateful that she finally showed her Liza Quinn, right? The one that that Liza Mm -hmm. sees that everybody else gets to kind of see now the kind of person she really is. She just belittled him. Just the way she spoke to him, it was just so... Rude isn't even the word. It was so condescending. It was so out of character for Charles to to do something like that, that if he'd done something like that, it was obviously an accident and there was no need for her to beat the dead horse as much as she did, like coming back to say, well, you know, like I tell my employees, that whole line. Yeah, that one was the one that really got me. <laughs> you know, I mean, the first line that she said, well, don't keep looking in the same place. Like, that's what I was like, oh, there she is. There's that Quinn that we've been waiting for him to see. And then when she came back and said the line about employees, I'm like, if he stays with her, he deserves a slap. So I was yeah. glad to see that he came to his senses. But yeah, the fact that she came out, she was burying her teeth, she was burying her claws. It was only a matter of time. So I think that that prediction that we had, that it was going to come out eventually, and we were kind of saying that it was probably going to be for the finale. I'm glad that we saw it now so that this way everyone has kind of time to rebound from 
what Charles now has to say about Quinn's behavior and Liza can yeah. be sitting there like, well, like this would be an opportunity for Liza to be all smug and be like, I told you so. But she's not going to do that. That's not her. That's me. She's never that. No. <laughs> but, but I did think it was funny that she was going on about, oh, we're going to miss the prop play now and all this stuff. I'm like, you're a bazillionaire. You're flying on a private jet, quite clearly. I did like the millionaire sign. You noticed that, right? <laughs> uh, that was quite good. Surely you don't have to worry about leaving at a set time. Like, what is the big deal if you have to wait a little bit for a passport to arrive? I thought the advantage of private jets was that you can fly with um, a lot less restrictions than when you have to stick to a schedule. Yeah, so I I don't know. So I've taken a turboprop plane to St. Lucia from, I think it was Puerto Rico. We had to take a single, and a prop plane to... St. Lucia. Maybe the jet can't fly to Mystique, which is on, I think it's St. Vincent and Grenadines. I think that's the island. Okay. Maybe the runway isn't equipped for a jet. But even so, surely you could pace, uh, you know, the prop plane to wait or get a helicopter or I feel like she has options that we mortals do not have. Exactly. (laughs) Like, Are you really that stressed about these travel plans? Surely you just call your assistant and say, sort it out for me. Like, why are you getting so upset? That was the other line that she had about, you know, once an assistant, always an assistant. She's really kept those quips, those snide remarks to Liza, only in Liza's presence up until this point. She's been really well controlled. And this was the episode where she lost that control and... I was glad. I was glad that, like, all of this came at her, but she's holding all the cards right now. The way that, the way that, well, we'll get to that. But well, we always that, said she was maybe going to be a scorched earth approach if uh, her and Charles break up. So, yeah. Uh, that is definitely being set up, it feels like, for the finale with her seeing the incubator proposal. I am a little bit. Her, her smile at the end did make me think, oh, God, what's she going to do with this? But we'll talk about that in more detail later. But I just getting back to Charles and, and let's move on to Charles and Liza and them getting back together again. When he goes, you know, oh, you're heading to the city and she turns around, he's there. And then she's like, but you're, you're, getting propo- you're proposing to Quinn. And he just looks so confused. But then goes, oh, I don't even think I like the woman. I'm like, well, why have you been like doing all this stuff with her like if you don't like the woman then just man up and say i don't want to go on a date with you leave me alone like you are a grown ass man but you have been behaving like a boy that can just be easily led by anyone and yet he's not easily led by liza the woman he supposedly loves and Pauline either, yeah. right? So I just, I'm like, what is wrong with you? You don't even like Queen, but you've been spending all this time with her, become a big part of her life, made her a big part of your life, had introduced her to your children and things, and yet you don't even like this woman? It doesn't make any sense. And as I mentioned before, I watched the old episodes, and I watched the one where he discovered Liza's age, then... um basically like hated anything she suggested and didn't really want to support it until he realized that maybe his company would go under and he then sort of supported the deal with Reese Weatherspoon's company but he didn't want to do that initially because it was Liza's idea and then he was just so harsh towards her 
because of what she had done and was so unforgiving until he saw her as a Christmas party. It's Caitlin's roommate's parents were his, like, college friends as well oh, and said, oh, this is doing the, the sound, doing the sound of music and it was like and this is the woman we've always wanted to introduce you to we think you know you and her would be a great couple and it wasn't until that point where he goes oh i just don't care anymore yep you're the one i want to be with but he's so harsh towards liza in that you know season and then he's been so harsh towards her in this season and i'm just like also a bit annoyed with liza that i'm like you shouldn't be putting up with this behaviour either. Like, this is not a healthy relationship that the two of you have. Yeah, anyway, that really annoyed me. And having seen the previous, you know, gone back to the previous episodes and, and refreshed my mind with them, I was just like, this is why I am not a Team Charles fan. He is not supportive of her. He behaved much the same this season that he did back then. The very, very similar... Yeah, um, I feel like I got a bit shouty there, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just You're don't like Charles. Listen, I put on a 10-minute rant at the beginning about, like, this disjointedness that I'm feeling. And, like, like while I love the show, I think Charles might have come to the realization when he saw Quinn's true personality that, like, I think he... I think that was, like, the thunderbolt moment for him that, like, he was putting all of this together, like her underhandedness up until this point and maybe what Liza told him at her at Quinn's launch party maybe that resonated in his head too that she's looking for the the perfect picture family for what she wants to do going forward I think maybe all of this congealing together in his brain with her giving him this well wish and maybe looking at what this looks like to other people and is that matching my reality and I don't think that it did and then he saw her for what she is with the snarly teeth and the the bared nails and um <laughs> that that's how I imagined her to be this episode so I'm thinking yeah, that did, like she, she concealed it a bit well but yeah that's essentially how she's acting yeah you you get like images of like a horror movie character and how she behaved here if this would if this had been the true cartoony likeness that I was talking about now i think that that might be kind of like where he's coming at this from like he's just probably you know is walking towards the plane going like i don't like this woman it was very sweet their kiss on the the curve of millionaire airs millionaire lines yeah <laughs> i feel that was like teeterboro airport i don't know if there's a millionaire line at teeterboro but um, i don't know but i do think that's a brilliant name for an airline for a private jet airline oh yeah. like it, in my next life when I come back as a millionaire or a billionaire, that's going to be what I my billion dollar idea. Charles apologizes for his behavior to Liza. He does, but I also feel like more groveling was required. Okay, thank you. I'm like, was he sincere? <laughs> Did you believe it? Is, is it enough? He's put Liza through hell. Like he made her, you know, edit Quinn's book again. He's, he's completely dismissed the whole incubator thing until this episode, a little bit of last episode as well. But, you know, he was so dismissive of it. Right. Uh, he hasn't tried to support any of hers or Kelsey's ideas um, through this season. I just feel like he's been, I think I said this last episode, he's been a bit of a dick this season. And he needs to, like... I think he needs to grovel a bit more. And she was way too forgiving. She needed to be a bit, um, no, hold on a second. You've been pretty harsh to me this season and uh, I'm not 
gonna just be like, yeah, let's get back together again. He needs to apologize a little bit more and a little bit more, uh, make more amends. A bit like Pauline has, a bit like Cass has. I think he can't just jump straight back into a relationship with Liza. I think they need to have a good proper discussion about where they actually, yeah, like how their relationship will actually work because it can't keep going the way it has been. It's just a recipe for disaster to just go back to the way things have been. They need to have a good in-depth discussion about how their future is actually going to work and how they're going to treat each other because he has not been a nice person this season towards Liza at all. I mean, with the whole let's stay out of my personal life, oh, no, but now I need you in my personal life. And I just, yeah, she needs to, like, be a little bit, no, this is not acceptable. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I kind of, like, wonder, like, what Maggie's going to say. Like, I feel like Maggie's, like, going to be, like, that voice of reason, like, he put you through hell, you need to, you need to talk to him. Like, I feel like the opening of the finale is going to be, like, Maggie going to be like, yeah, but mm-hmm. he's been such a so. dick. You know, he's been not taking you seriously at work. He's devalued Incubator up until, like, he saw it being a cash cow. Like, I need her to say all these things. Like, for Liza to, like, take stock of how they got to this point from Diana's wedding till now it's not been it's not been pretty it's not been nice and he's like taken on the mantle of her nemesis as his relationship this so there's there's a lot there's a lot of atoning i feel that needs to happen before i could be so accepting of this coming back i'm going to say this now if the writers were looking to do like a team Charles sprint to the finish line here. They should have written him nicer. <laughs> yeah. He's been a horrible character this season, I feel, towards Liza and so wishy washy towards her as well in, in how his behaviour has been. But I also think Liza needs to like stick up for herself she has a bit in this season where she's been going why are you so stubborn why are you acting this way just don't take him back straight away he needs to show how he's going to change he has not shown that yet yeah and and how this is going to be different than the last time how this is going to and so him just saying i don't care how i'm with you i just want to be with you don't you know basically saying i don't need a label i don't i hope that that's not the gloss over it better not be. He may be feeling this right this second. Yeah. But is he Before, going to feel yeah. like that in six months' time? Is he yeah. going to be like, actually, no, maybe I do want marriage? Uh, I just think there needs to be... We've always said their relationship has been unequal. He's he's tended to have more of the power in the relationship. Right. and Which is probably why she doesn't want to get married, because she can see herself sort of falling into his world and it taking her over and stuff like that so don't do that you've basically just done that again by just going oh yay we're back together again i really hope there is a bit of a conversation at least 
about the behaviour that has been seen across this season and a discussion as to how they're both going to change to make this work. And it better not be like right after sex because he'll no. say anything at that point to be like, yeah. You can have sex after the conversation, but not Exactly. Like if, you still, if you still want to do this, then we can have sex. Yeah, but I think it's, I mean, it's not just, you know, him that needs change. I think Liza also needs, they both need to have that conversation and both think about how they can change and not end up in the same situation. They need to have that discussion first. They can't just run straight back into this relationship. That's what they kind of did last time. They sort of sprinted into a relationship without really, you know, and then he was asking her to move in and he was asking her to get married and, and it all was just, you know, done so quickly. I think they need to take their time, maybe actually like slow it down a bit and not rush straight into things again. I mean, like I said, I've, I've never been a Team Charles fan, but if that's who you're going to end up with, at least do the smart thing. You're both in your 40s. You've been through relationships before. You need to have that open, honest conversation before you end up in the same situation again. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that maybe we move on to Incubator and talk about yeah, what happened was, with that in this episode. I was excited like when I was breaking down like the notes for this. I was like, I think the incubator gets its own section. Otherwise, it just gets lost. And it did feel like its own little character, this episode. It kind of became a life of its own. Finally. I know. So it was nice to see Charles, you know, at the housewarming. They put the presentation together first. He asked for the presentation. I felt like that was a last-minute ask from him. I think he really wanted to have a discussion with Liza about the dinner the night before and the almost kiss that she'd been talking about with Maggie the beginning of the episode and then was realized he's in the office i can't really talk about that right here so let's talk about incubator instead that was the last minute turn of the conversation and yet it seemed to end up in a good place you know they put the presentation together and then he gets to the housewarming and offers them both money not just kelsey's initial investment into it but additional money on top of that for both of them obviously we don't know what that amount is but it was nice to see that he finally got the value of incubator i'm happy that he got to the point where he's recognizing their talents again so much of incubator we've seen before with millennial with with how they were coming up with it and like none of it felt really different but his perspective on it was so different because he was he was burned he was spurned by by liza's you know rejection of his his um proposal so he was seeing it through that lens so it wasn't until he saw the potential of it with this national book award winner at the event that he went to like he's gotten back on board because he's seeing Liza in a different light right so they had the dinner and he was talking about how like remarkable woman that she is and then they had this almost kiss moment like it was like the like the last episode had like that spark that charm that we talked about that was so prevalent in all the the prior seasons that he's seeing her now in this different light and all of a sudden it's like yes incubator's a good thing it's like all like the lanes opened up like you know if you're going down like a like a busy road and there's lots of lights and all the lights turn green at the same time like i feel like that's what's happened to him here is that he's seeing her in a different light and then like the next light is incubator and then the next is you know the future prospects for incubator the future prospects for liza so he's hitting the gas like he's just like he's stepping on the accelerator and down he's gonna go down the the avenue kind of a thing (laughs) no i think that works 
it, it does seem like he's gone from one direction to the other in like a very short amount of time. Oh yeah, there's whiplash happening right now. <laughs> you know, like it was all about, you know, successful formula of known names and bestsellers and and now all of a sudden, oh well we've done, you know, pretty well with that. So now we can start looking at more edgier content and stuff like that. But Like the adventurous content, right? Yeah, yeah, but it just does feel like, oh, you've gone from one extreme to the other in like a day. Charles seems to do, it feels like. He just does these 180s. You know, who's done that multiple times, it feels like, throughout the seasons. <laughs> and I think having seen the episode where they initially got together, it just feels like he, he takes a long time to get to the point and then he suddenly just flips, seems to forget everything that led up to that. How he's behaving with Liza, I feel like the way that the writers have been consistent this season so far with holding adults accountable for their bad behavior, they're going to make him atone publicly like to Liza they're gonna make him say out loud like the like his sins kind of so I hope so I'm not saying that Liza's the perfect person but he's really behaved badly it feels like towards her yeah since their breakup yeah unnecessarily like you know their proposal wasn't in the right spot could have gotten with anyone else in the world right anyone else Lauren would have been a better choice at that point oh my god even go back to Rada like I'm talking back season one or oh two. Oh my or god, Rada, like, yes. You know, like I liked her. I did like her, but you know, she clearly could see that he had a thing for Liza. Yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, she saw through and him. realized there was no no future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Because that that's where he's looking. Yeah. Like anyone, anyone other than Queen would have been an improvement. So how relieved were you that Kelsey got repaid fully for her investment in Incubator? I feel like you were more worried about this than me, but I always felt Kelsey has had a track record of success and I did feel that this was going to be successful for them. So I always felt confident that she would at least get her money back, if not become a uber successful person with a you know company that she's launched. I'm not surprised at all. But I, you know, it does open up options for her. She's now living in a model apartment that maybe she can afford to buy her own apartment now. So, and maybe one better than what she initially was considering. I was just happy that the valuation of Incubator matched at least her investment in it. And then mm-hmm. that there was at least something on top of of that for, for their work as well. I mean, you know, she did the investment, but they also put the work into it, so... I was very relieved. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so, but what did you think about Rob sort of saying to her, oh, I think he's undervaluing it. I mean, he doesn't know anything about publishing or businesses and things like that. He's, he's real estate and that's a very specific business and very different to many other businesses. I just was like, it's great that you're supporting her and everything and you know, I'm not surprised with his job that he knows venture capitalists if he's in luxury real estate, which he seems to be. In New York City, which is some of the most expensive real estate around. Exactly. So I'm not surprised that he has those sort of contacts. But I was surprised that he was like, and, and you know, maybe he, I think it was his heart in a good place going, make sure that this is the right valuation, speak to other people. And I think that's good advice but i mean i don't think he expected it to get spread all around the world and i'm a little bit worried that by doing that 
you know, then the concept is out there for other people to replicate before she can maybe get it off the ground and things like that. Um, there is always that worry that your idea is good, but you need to be the first to the market. Yeah, you got to put that trademark on it real fast. I think I think both of the points that you just brought up like hit the nail on the head completely. Well, I'll I'll take the points in reverse. Sending it out is always a risk. And like for your eyes only, not everyone is as scrupulous as maybe you are. So for your eyes only may not always be, you know, true to the letter. Yeah. Something like that should have been a face-to-face conversation. Like, hey, let's let's jump on a FaceTime call. Let's jump on a Zoom call. I thought the same as well. I've got, like, so I feel like, back to point one, he doesn't know this business. He doesn't, yes, real estate is its own monster and it's cutthroat, but publishing is just as cutthroat. It's just the stakes are maybe not as high as in real estate in terms of dollars. So I think maybe this might be a little bit of a, a nuanced faux pas on his part that he doesn't understand. Like just just understand like the like what goes into this he, because on paper a presentation is only it's one dimensional, right? You need somebody to like talk about it and here's here's the idea, the concept behind it, and you know we have it's a salon, but it's also a, a branded podcast. It's a it's um it's a marketable product. So so him sending it out like that I think it was I think I agree I think it was in good faith I think it was an honest hey let me have my friend look at this yada 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 not realizing the forwardability of something like that and like you said so who who could get that to market faster I feel like he was genuine I feel like it, it like I don't feel like there was anything untoward on his part I think he was just trying to help her out but again, it, I come from the same place that you did, is that what do you actually know about this and how would you even go about valuing it? Like I watch yeah. Shark Tank every once in a while, like if I have nothing to do on a Friday night. When I, I listen to some of these pitches and things like that, and they talk about the valuation of the company and then the sharks come in and they they challenge the valuation, they're at least in the same zone. Like they're in like they understand operations, they overhead overhead and they understand like supply chain, you know, marketing and all of these little like connecting the dots, like from you know, getting from soup to nuts kind of thing but like him coming in as a real estate mogul he's got no no concept just try to like do right by kelsey essentially at the moment all it is is uh the incubator event right and an app that they've created it's not been going for that long it doesn't really have a proven track record you're you're basically trying to value an idea it's a very intangible thing that you're trying to value at the moment and i think it is very difficult to work out evaluation for something like that you don't have a lot of sales at the moment that you can look to and go all right well it cost me this much to do this and i'm earning this much from it they're not at that point where they're really making money at this point yes there's the potential there there's theoretical how much is that potential worth that that is a very difficult thing to to value i mean you look at some of the big tech companies they still report losses and yet they're valued at billions and billions and billions. I mean, I remember when Amazon was like a joke stock in like yeah. the... And now you wish you had it. <laughs> right. You know, I don't remember what year it was, but Amazon had been in business for almost like 20 years at that point before it actually like turned a profit. And now Amazon is the most indispensable company in the world. We well, see Amazon's uh, 
only just arrived in Australia a few years ago. Yes, we had it in terms of we could get things sent from other countries yeah. via Amazon, but now we actually have like an Amazon, Amazon Australia. Amazon Australia, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's fairly new for the Australian marketplace. So they're still growing. Absolutely. I mean, they were going to be building headquarters here in New York, but it got shot down. So like there was a lot, but there was a lot that went into Amazon to get it to where it is now. But I mean, for years, I remember people like talking about Amazon in professional and in personal capacities. And they were just like, mm-hmm. this stock is such a joke. It's like, they're never going to turn profitable. And now all of a sudden, like prime is like, we say prime, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's not even just uh, you know, we probably shouldn't have a discussion about Amazon, but but it's not just that's not all. Not it does. sponsored it's not by just, Amazon. <laughs> it's not just the consumer goods, and it's not just Prime, and it's not just the Kindle stuff. But they also have like their corporate arm where they have cloud services and stuff. They're in essential parts of businesses around the world now. Yeah, John's going to be going for like certification in Amazon cloud, like AWS, Amazon Work Services. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Right. So, but it's like apples and oranges. Like you, how do you compare a business like Amazon if you're working in retail, like, like brick and mortar retail, like you're not in the same Same zone. Right. But I don't know. I I do do like the idea of the concept when they're going through the initial blurb of of what they were trying to create. And they're talking Mm -hmm. about like curated experiences and stuff now i've i've got a kindle unlimited membership which is you know lots of self-published it feels like books that are on there (laughs) which has been brilliant during the lockdown um because i get bored and i kind of felt like i've watched everything on the streaming services like you've reached the end of netflix (laughs) yeah so i started reading books instead i will say i would appreciate a curated version of that because there is some terrible 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 stuff out there there's some really good stuff as well but it felt like you had to go through a lot of terrible stuff to find the good stuff so i would totally be up for an incubator type experience where someone's like we've gone through all the shit and this is you know this is the stuff that you want to read yeah like i kind of like when i look for a new book i kind of go to like oprah's list oprah's favorites i found barack obama's favorites i'm like hey there's a lot of good books on here so like those are my curated lists right now because i'm just like i I don't have time to figure stuff out but there is a great there's a great facebook group called bookworms like they go through a lot of um you know they'll throw out like i'm reading this book you know is it worth getting past chapter three because i'm stuck Nice. So, yeah, I, I feel like an incubator could go down this path, have, like, celebrity book lists. I mean, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, Reese Witherspoon has a book club, Oprah Winfrey has hers. Well, they could get other celebrities, you know, going, this is my top ten books or, you know, whatever it is. I just feel like it opens up a lot of possibilities. And people still love to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, I don't know. I'm a bit worried, though, by that smile of Queens at the end. Yeah, so of like course, something's definitely going to happen next episode that she's going to screw this up somehow for them. Yeah, so I was just like, of course it had to land in her inbox, and like she's sitting there on the plane looking like the cat that ate the canary, um, mm-hmm. wondering what she's going to do with it. I don't even want to hypothesize what she's going to do with it because it's just going to be awful, and we're just no one's going to like Quinn at the end. I don't think she's going to do the Baroness thing from the sound of the music that she likened herself to and like step away gracefully. No, she's very scorched death, like we've said before. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like we called it early and I feel that she is going to live up to that 
expectation where it's going to be so over the top. It's going to be scorched earth. And we're just going to be sitting here next week going like, oh my God, like, did she really? <laughs> I was hoping initially when it was being spread all around that maybe it was going to lead to a bidding war and, you know, it was going to be a great outcome for Kelsey oh, and Liza. Wow. But, but once, you know, Quinn got it, I was like, oh, I don't think that's going down a bidding war path anymore. That would be really good. I, I feel like it's going to be the other thing that you said, that someone's going to swipe it and, and not in, in a good way. I feel like those venture capitalist sort of areas can be quite cut through. And I'm surprised that a venture capitalist would spread it around so much because usually they like to, if it's a good idea, like hold, hold on, on to it, it before yeah. someone else can invest into it. So, yeah, it, it was a bit like, oh, I don't know if that's how it would really work if you approached a venture capitalist about funding an idea but i don't know i'm not in that maybe world this so venture much. capitalist was josh's friend or something <laughs> <laughs> maybe who knows yeah I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this goes but i don't know how it's going to happen in 30 minutes all these things to be wrapped up yeah so, these yeah. twisty twists and turns yeah. that are going to have to happen fingers, fingers crossed it's a longer episode than normal. i'm gonna say it's probably gonna be a double episode i'm gonna I really hope your prediction is right for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I went back and watched the, so I watched the Friends reunion. It just dropped here yesterday. Oh my God. Yes. I've seen it. It was amazing. So like, of course now I've like gone back and binge like, like the top 10 like Friends episodes. I'm like, oh, I need to watch. This. I started with the last one. Um, Cause I'd watched the, I'd watched season one not long ago, but then I like was like curating the, you know, I watched the one with the game show. I watched um, just a whole bunch of episodes. Yeah, I feel like, but the last one, the one that's called the last one, was longer. So mm-hmm. um, it's a, it was a long run of a show and there were storylines that needed to be wrapped up. So I feel like the same thing is going to happen here. Fingers crossed. And it's just on a streaming service at the moment, so I feel they don't have to stick to the There's no necessarily... programming <laughs> schedule, yeah, you know, exactly. that has to happen. Well, I think you should move on to next. Should we talk about Lauren? Yeah, let's talk about Laura. She was my highlight for this episode. She was, she was like the fun spark of this episode, it felt like. Uh, you know, when we said the spark's been missing a bit, I felt like her little sex stream was the fun spark for this episode. Yeah, and her her family, we haven't seen them in a little while now. Todd and Denise, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did. I mean, I, I, I don't know many Jewish people because um, I, I don't know that we have as big a community here in Australia as you do in the US. I always see these US shows and they talk about like the Jewish guilt and, and you know, it seems like their families are always trying to marry them off. We definitely saw that for Lauren in this episode. Like, they were like, he saved your father's life. You need to go on a date with him. <laughs> it is a stereotype that, you know, the Jewish guilt is strong. It's almost as strong as like the Irish Catholic guilt. I, I used to joke around as a kid, like that, like the Jewish mom guilt it's like the only other rival in the world is the Irish Catholic mom guilt. I mean, I grew up with, well, my mom killed just Roman Catholics, even though we have an Irish background as well. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I definitely kept, grew up with the Catholic guilt. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> right. The, the, the prize would be to marry your child off to someone who's going to be able to take care of them and potentially take care of you know, like mom and dad, you know, as they get older as well. So yeah, it was stereotypical, but like in, in like a, a, an appropriate kind of a way. It, it it felt very uh, very natural. There was nothing unnatural about anything that I saw there. <laughs> no, but it did um, it did feel like the conversation I had with her, and she was like, oh, maybe I do need to, like, catch up with Max again. But I think the sex dream made her go, oh, 
maybe I still have feelings for him. I think initially she was just like, oh, let's just have a, a catch up like friends. Yeah. Like I'm not interested in him like that. <laughs> and then she has the sex room. She's like, oh, maybe I'm still interested in him like that. I don't know. It, like I said, I went back and watched some of the old episodes with him and they were a cute couple. Is she going to pull out her journal? Well, exactly. The reason they broke up was because she was having more bad days than good with him mostly around his job his schedule they couldn't really catch up as often i mean i don't it's been a few years now although in this show it's probably been about a year Um, (laughs) has his role really changed that much that they're not going to end up in the same place if they do end up together like she i think struggled with his shift work he wasn't always present when they were on dates and that because he was so tired from his mm-hmm. work and stuff like that. So I think she wanted someone that was more there for her and his job didn't allow for that. So if they do get together, you, you do have to wonder what they need to change to make it successful this time around. Well, I'm also hoping that like she's matured a little bit too because she was a lot more immature back then. When she's 30 now, I mean, doesn't that just make you mature? Yeah, doesn't the calendar flip? And, like, I don't know. I'm still waiting for that to happen for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm 42 now and it still hasn't kicked in yet. Apparently 43 is not that number either. Good to know. Maybe when I hit 50, I might finally grow up, but I, I yeah, don't think no. that happened. I think growing up is a dirty term. It's fine to be responsible, but to be stuffy and not finding the fun in life, that's that's not me. That's not me yet yeah. anyway. But I yeah. think I think Lauren's in a different place. I think I think after Max is when she really kind of like explored a little bit more of the the other side of her sexuality. So maybe she's kind of played both sides of the the field right now and she's maybe maybe coming back to the hetero side. For a well, she's always while. being quite open sexually. Yeah, like not very really fluid. labeled herself in any way. I mean her parents did say, aren't you aren't you I'm like, I don't think my mom would have any idea. You're a calphalon now? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> are you a walk or are you a stuff frying pan? <laughs> Is this for Halloween? <laughs> I do like in this show that they kind of like sometimes have touched on and different versions of sexuality and particularly with the Lauren character, but they've never really explicitly stated that she's anything specific. You know, yeah, she's, she's just, just Lauren. defies labels. Yeah, she defies labels yeah. at this point. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like that it's still sort of, uh, yeah, like that Lauren's not really a labeled person i don't like men now (laughs) now like implying that like it'll change in the future yeah exactly so um and i remember like when she got together with max she was a bit like but he's so like heteronormative and it's just such a cliche the jewish girl with the jewish doctor doctor, (laughs) (laughs) and she really struggled with like falling into that cliched sort of relationship i don't know it would be uh interesting to see where this is going i i do think it's definitely being set up that she's going to be having the happy ending with max and i kind of like it i'm kind of liking that they brought someone back for lauren i didn't really see the writers um having a sort of happy ending for lauren i thought you know she has tended to be more of a support character and hasn't 
had that many storylines of her own throughout the years. So, but it's nice that she's getting her own little moment that wraps up her character as well. Yeah, I'm excited to see Max come back and just see where this goes in the next 30 minutes or so of the show. <laughs> but I like the fact that they're wrapping this up for her too. Like, the, it's like so Maggie had her strife this season and then they've wrapped up her arc. So Maggie's just going to continue being Maggie, I feel. Like, I don't think there's going to be really much for her next yeah. episode. But I feel like they felt that they needed to wrap up Lauren because I guess without Diana, um, she was kind of filling that like snarky giving advice, whether it's wanted or not, or if it's appropriate kind of a role. So I, I think it was appropriate for them to, to give her sort of like a, a bookend to, to yeah. where she's going to, you know, like the path that she's going to go down when we know when the lights go off. And as I said before, I'm a little bit worried that there's no bookend for Josh, which, uh, you know, he's been so sidelined in these seasons so far. I feel like he needs, he needed his own storyline this season with a great resolution. And if their resolution is just him and Claire moving along happily, I don't feel like that's enough. To give a bold prediction, I feel like Claire is going to come back in some way next episode. I don't know if claire and quinn find each other to be like you know oh uber nemesis <laughs> i don't Especially know if with the that ink. evil <laughs> no she is i know you i know you hate claire but i don't think she's quite as evil as quinn she's quinn with a cute little irish brogue that's it maybe i'm just distracted by the irish brogue <laughs> <laughs> you know so just yeah so i feel like josh needs some sort of a resolution kelsey and josh had some moments this episode did you pick up on on the well, the vibe that was being laid down here i did you know i did say that my favorite moment was him you know challenging rob about being more careful with kelsey than he was with claire it, it was like that big brother sort of protective role that he was playing over kelsey and, and i was not that. getting big brother i was oh, not really? getting new. No. Oh, I thought it was more like the big brother going, you better look after her. Because there's always been a great friendship between Kelsey and Josh. There was a little moment, and like this is because I've recently watched the episodes, where they went away on a, not long after they discovered Liza's real age, Kelsey and Josh had moved in together, and, and then they had sort of a day or two where they went to a, a place upstage I think it was um staying in someone's house and and there was like a moment where they almost kissed or thought they might go there and then I think they just realized that that's not their relationship their relationship is more a friendship it was almost like brother and sister like even back then so I I, I definitely saw it as more like being a protective brother than anything else that was my interpretation I might be completely wrong. I might be reading this. This is the opposite of the cynical shield. This is like sympathetic. I don't know. I took the oddly aggressive conversation between Josh and Rob to be like, I don't want to see her hurt. Because Josh was saying so cavalierly, like, you know, it was easy for you to break up with Claire. If anyone, he should be more protective of Claire. He dated her. She's the mother of his child, right? So he should have a little bit more impact on on how rob treated claire he's more focused on kelsey like go easy on her treat her well i was taking this in a completely different way and it was reciprocated at kelsey's party when 
you know, he's talking about, you know, I'm going to miss you not being my roommate and, and the cute little banter about, like, you know, fighting over who's cleaning the bathroom. It was coming off kind of, like, brotherish because he was even making like that silly noise, like, oh, it's just you. Whatever that little thing that he was doing. But she was, like, holding his arm. It lingered there. I was like, I don't know, kids. There might be something <laughs> brewing here. I feel like this might be, like, a last-ditch kind of a thing. I, I don't know. There no, might be, I, there might I, be I something know. there. That might be Josh's like storyline. I feel like that, like heads might explode, but that might be it. No, I really just can't see Josh and Kelsey together. I think they're great as friends. I could never see them as a relationship. I don't think Josh is ambitious enough for Kelsey in terms of well, being in a relationship like with the, it. The ten-year lease on Inkbird, yeah, so he's got that. And... I know that, but I just feel like she's such a go-getter, like getting up there. And yes, he did. Like his ambition was for. for um, it wasn't until Gemma came along that he started to get more ambitious, and it was for Gemma, not for right. himself. Right. Whereas I think Kelsey is much more about you need to be ambitious for yourself as well, right. not just for for your child. I don't really see them ever be. I think they're great friends. They're always going to be supportive of each other. You know, they shared the the lies of secret for a while before many other people knew and right. and were like almost, what's the right word, um, consoling each other with the lies that they'd had to put up with from Liza. Yes. Um, you know, and I think that brought them together as friends. I don't know. We shall I see. Know. I I definitely feel it's more friendship than anything, and and, and I can understand him being a bit more protective of Kelsey than Claire because Kelsey has been in his life much longer yes. than Claire has been, and even though they have a child together, they weren't actually together for that long. And even exactly. when she was pregnant, she was like he missed most the of the pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think Claire hasn't really shared enough of her life with Josh. They share Gemma, but outside of that, I don't know that they share as much with each other in terms of like a close friendship like Kelsey and, and Josh have. Right, Their focus is Gemma. Kelsey. It's different. Yeah, it is different. <laughs> I did find it a relief that Claire was not in this episode. I don't know if I could have taken Claire and Quinn in the same episode. <laughs> too much. <laughs> it would have been too much negative energy and I was just like, I'm not about that right now. I guess dating a real estate mogul does have its perks so that she gets to stay in this model apartment. So I have a really hard-hitting journalistic question for you. Yeah. Do you think the books in the model apartment are still decapitated? Yes. <laughs> I was I looking was... at that bookcase really closely to see if it had been expanded at all, but it still looked the same size. I did too. I did too. I was looking. I was like trying to see. I was like, does it cut off at a certain point? Oh, I was looking to see. That was my hard-hitting journalist. Yeah, question. I couldn't see them overhanging from the edge or anything to say that maybe they had been put back as full size, but no, it definitely looked like there were still decapitated books there. <laughs> I'm not sure I could actually live in that place. That was kind of hard. I don't know how Kelsey's going to cope with that, but I guess it's a temporary situation. Is it, though? I don't know. Well, it's, it's better than being on the couch and the sister wife with Maggie and Liza. Let's face true. that. <laughs> true. I, I kind of think we're at Maggie now. Meditations with Maggie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we 
we didn't really see her have her own storyline, but she was definitely um, trying to get Liza to see the truth a couple of times in this episode, I feel. Yeah, yeah, she was back. Like, her usual playful Maggie is back. Like, I feel like her strife and her being cancelled is in the past now, and she's just back. So, so which which one of her, her sage advice did you go for this week? I went for the crassest one I could find. <laughs> I like it. So we have this great conversation with Maggie and Liza from the beginning of the episode about who's the real boss. And it's not Tony Danza. I'm dating myself here. So we'll play the clip here. You're in a good mood today. Oh, well, it's been a good week. Charles came to Incubator. He said it reminded him of why he got into publishing, discovering new literary voices. Stop with that book nerd talk. You're turning me on. Well, it kind of did turn him on. We had a moment last night after dinner. Oh, wait a minute. There was a dinner? And there was wine, and there was lingering when we said goodnight. Oh, lingering, like, with an L? We almost kissed. But then we both pulled back. (laughs) Wait, why are we having dinner with him alone in the first place? Because Kelsey couldn't make it. No. No, 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 no. You were thinking with your pussy. No! Yes, I am attracted to him, but I I can't help it. But we had our chance, and he's with Quinn now, and the best thing for us to just move on. Don't tell it to me. Tell it to the boss. So I was really impressed, and I was really taken aback that this was the type of conversation that has been... It has been needed to be had for a very long time because men get accused all the time of thinking with their penis, right? It was refreshing to see somebody say, no, you're thinking with your pussy as opposed to thinking with anything else, like your head, your heart. Usually like with women, it's like, stop thinking with your heart, think with your head, right? So I like the fact that Maggie brought it to that level that, you know, you need to stop thinking so primally, you need to think more logically here. Yeah. Just Maggie always, as we say, has a way with words that is very unique (laughs) to her. You're right. She's just, it's also trying to force Liza to admit how she's really feeling about Charles. And it's not because she's trying to be nice and she wants to support him and all this sort of stuff. It's like, no, no, no. you just want to be with him. Your pussy wants to be with him. You're doing all this for him. And this is why I was also a bit annoyed that she just like accepted that kiss so easily. Because she's not thinking with her head there either. She's right. That's she what she's thinking. I'm back into bed with him. That's right. She's like determined which which end of her was the boss, and it was not the north end; it was the south end. Yeah, she has not been thinking with her head around Charles pretty much for this whole season. But I really like the fact that she was being honest with Liza in a way that I like. Maggie is a true best friend because she tells her the things that she may not want to hear, but she needs to hear. And Maggie's coming from a place of love and she just is looking out for Liza and she wants to make sure that she doesn't continue to be hurt because Maggie's seen Liza at her absolute worst when it comes to Charles. Like mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago after the the meltdown with Charles, you know, she comes back to the, the apartment and Liza's really upset and Maggie has to clean up the puddle. Yeah, she's the one there for all the tears. She did try, you know, Liza did try to get Maggie to trash talk Charles and she was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'll be there for you for your tears. But no, let's have real conversations about this. And that's what she's always been there. She's tried to make sure that, you know, Liza is 
thinking properly about this relationship and where it's been going and not just how she wishes it would be or what she wants out of it she you know she's trying to see her what it really is and just to think about it in in terms of like I know what you're thinking with so make sure that you're identifying you know all of the different realities that you're thinking this through and how that's affecting your decision making (laughs) right I like the fact that we had a true proper meditation with Maggie that it was something that came from her that it was it was naturally through their conversation as opposed to something that Maggie needs to sort of digest like we had the Voldemort comment last week and that was more of a conversation at her that she was participating mm-hmm. in as opposed to her being like the originator of the uh of the Maggieism. so oh can I also just say watching the old episodes it reminded me of how much Maggie's never changed that combative style because I saw the episode again where she um, had the Montana artist that took her art piece and put the state of Montana on it and then she's like well I've just slashed it there's my mark it's mine again I love that (laughs) sorry I'm just going old school (laughs) going back into the vault here but, but it just reminded me of why we love Maggie so much because she and that's why she that. got her own little corner here every episode, right? Exactly. So I just that episode, I was like, oh, I remember that. That was such a great episode. So yeah, like I said, I've had a lot of fun this week watching some of the old episodes, but it did make me realize this season hasn't maybe been quite as good. But yeah, it it has had a lot to live up to. So all that being said, I am excited going into the finale. I am. It's bittersweet. I don't want to say goodbye to these characters. I love them. I've loved their journey. I'm excited to see how we say goodbye to them, uh, the place that we leave them left in. I'm still holding out hope a little bit for maybe some sort of spin-off show. I just feel like these characters are so good that this just can't be the end. It may not need to be about Liza so much anymore, but I feel like all the other characters are such well-developed characters that any one of them could kind of have their own spin-off show. I hope that something happens with this because the fandom is there to support it. For a show that kind of networked hopped a little bit here... Like, I feel like Younger probably hit its mark at the right time, whereas, like, some of these cable networks here were picking up shows. So, like, Pop here took on Shit's Creek. TV Land took on Younger. So I feel like it hit, like, those those channels at the right time where, like, these these channels were looking to expand their programming, have their own. I think Longmire was, was one that was on a network. I heard of that one. Oh, um, it's with Lou Diamond Phillips. It was on a channel here and then Netflix picked it up and continued it for several more seasons. Lucifer is another one that was on a network show and and made a jump. Yeah. So that made a jump onto Netflix. I think the new season is coming out like imminently. I know. I can't wait. So I feel like younger hit that market at the right time so that it did have the ability to have life longer than the networks wanted it to. So as, as, I said, I've, I've watched this show back when it was first released many, many years ago, and, and it was a long and difficult journey for me to find the seasons at times. Um, <laughs> well, you also country hot, so that was hard I to know, do. I know, that did not help the situation. Um, so, so for me, it's been a long journey. I kind of wish I'd only found it last year and been able to like just, just stream it in one go rather than the stops and starts that I had along the way but I do love this show I'm going to miss it 
greatly. And I, but I, like I said, I do hope that there's something still within this universe that comes out of it. You know, there has has been a lot of talk about um, a spin-off with maybe Kelsey. That's looking less likely with the How I Met Your Father. But I know I'm, I'm still holding out hope that maybe something can come out or, or if they can maybe come up with a show with a similar feel. I know that they've created Emily in Paris. I did quite like that, but it does have a few issues. Um, I think it tried to have a similar tone to this show, but I don't think it quite hit it. There was just something missing in that show that didn't quite hit it like Younger does. But maybe, you know, if they could get something similar along this path, even if it's not Younger, I do hope there's a show with this sort of tone and feel that comes out soon because there's definitely a market for it. Well, I guess we will see next week how this ends up. Before we do that, if you could where you got this podcast from, if you could head on over there to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that this way, when the finale drops, you will get notified. And rating will be very much appreciated because it helps other people find the show so they can get as much enjoyment out of it that you do. And also, if you want, you can follow us on social media, Pod Clubhouse at all the things on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pod Clubhouse. And that's it from us. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. This has been Heller Good, the Younger Podcast. Yeah, I look forward to having you listen next week for the final one. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.